Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. It is opening day in baseball season, so that's a very special day for a certain member of the QB Spotlight Podcast. Means the uh, the checks are still rolling in. You know, <laughs> certainly a, a nice change from the COVID year of last year. But in all seriousness, we saw fans in the stands. I don't know if you guys had a chance to check out any of the games. I know I've been watching LA and Colorado. Caught a, a glimpse of the Yankees game as well. So hopefully that is a nice segue. A nice, you know, kind of a. Um, uh, an omen for the football season. I know the one thing that all of us missed last year were fans in the stands. So hopefully we can kind of get that being a nice transition into spring football, into fall camps and get everything going. As always, I am Eric Henry, FIU beat writer and co-managing editor of Underdog Dynasty, joined by our quarterback guru, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Stephen Hamner. But we also got a special guest. So before Steve uh, you know, go ahead and brings in, lets us, uh, lets us know how, how he's been doing. And I appreciate him for holding down the fort while I was gone the past week. Uh, our special guest, Mr. Sonoy Valente. You may know him from his UNT Mean Green coverage on various places of the internet, whether it is his YouTube show or his Twitter account. Sonoy, how's it going, my man? I'm, you know, you're a, a guest in our house, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, man. Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And you know, I love the opportunity to always talk a little conference USA football and, uh, you know, things are going well over here. I'm dealing with some seasonal allergies, but nothing for a stepper like myself. So, you know, really no, no real complaints, thankfully. Yeah, Eric, Sonoy is a Texan, right? So, like, we don't get sick over here. We just keep rolling around. You probably wouldn't know much about that. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, just keep, keep chug- we just keep chugging along, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, or go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My bad, my bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll let the, no, the Texans take over this this podcast. I, I definitely have a, a lot of Lone Star pride, but uh, I'm actually not a Texan. I'm not from Texas originally, but um, I'll 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 take credit for the toughness that comes along with that statement. Yeah, we 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 adopted you. Yeah. <laughs> Before, before the, these two ramble on about, you know, all God, all things God's country over there, you can find uh, Sonoy on Twitter at Mean Green Show on Twitter, of course. Like I said, he's got a great YouTube show, doing a great job covering not only UNT football, but all the CUSA as well. And I'm repping the brand. I got my CUSA Conference USA lanyard that we get at Media Days every year, the CUSA way, really quick. You know, I was having a quick conversation with these guys off before we jump into uh, quarterbacks. We're going to talk about quarterback situations and teams. Uh, I was mentioning casually that, you know, I'm kind of dropping some of the LBs a little bit, looking to get a little bit down, a little bit back, close to my plane weight of 215, 220, was up around 235 earlier in this year. And, uh, you know, it was looking like a little bit kind of like a hybrid defensive end linebacker type that someone on this podcast may know about. Uh, anyone want to chime in there? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about myself? <laughs> I, I, I'd be talking about you. Uh, <laughs> nice yeah, uh, defensive guess- end there, sir. Yeah, if you want to throw it back to my, my glory days of, um, you know, Cisco Junior College where, you know, that's where the magic really happened, uh, you know, out there in uh, my, the one stoplight town of Cisco. So, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not getting any royalties from the school, you know, because of, you know, NCAA, we can't get paid yet for our, our image and likeness, but hopefully that'll be coming in, coming in soon. But yeah, so, you know, do you have eligibility left is a real question. Uh, you know what? I, I Do I have eligibility left? Yes. Do I have? Uh, the physical capabilities to go out there and uh, talent. No, that is what I am lacking. But really quick, you know, Sonoy's being humble. Go ahead and punch in his name on YouTube and you will see the highlights. <laughs> okay, yeah. You will, you will <laughs> see a, a Julius Peppers, Von Miller, J.J. Watt-esque 
DM. You know yeah. I'll, I'll link it below, down the edge. I'll link, I'll link it below in the description. I'll find that. <laughs> oh, that was a nice little surprise. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, without, definitely don't check it out. Yeah. <laughs> without further ado, before we turn to three Al Bundys around here, reliving our, our high school days and our college days. <laughs> Uh, we're going to jump to a couple of quarterback situations. Going to talk about Southern Miss and kind of the progression that they've had. They actually were one of the first teams in Conference USA to begin play. Uh, excuse me, to begin to begin spring practice, I should say. So they have actually uh, gotten pretty significantly far ahead as far as their spring practice is concerned. We will talk about the Panthers, the FIU quarterback situation. Had a chance to catch up with Butch Davis earlier this week following Pro Day, and I will relay his comments and also kind of give our thoughts on that situation. And then also, we're probably going to take a look. Steve, what do you want to do? You want to do a little bit of Middle Tennessee talk or you want to do a little UNT? How do you want to do it? You know what? You know, as much as I would just love to have Snoy on and not talk UNT at all, I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll go ahead and throw in some UNT talk today. What do you think, Eric? I, that's good with me. I mean, my man's bad. He's there repping the mean greens. So I feel like we got we to gotta go UNT. So that will be our, our third, uh, third team we'll get into. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Southern Miss, a team that I, I think is really interesting. One of the things, and this is just kind of, you know, a brief intro for those who may need a quick refresher for Southern Miss went three and seven last year. You know, the the unfortunate start for them with the head coaching change, Jay Hobson was fired, relieved of his duties after a disappointing loss to South Alabama in the season opener. But when you go back and you look at that schedule, guys, they lost three games by less than a score. You know, they, they had a one point loss, I believe it was to Louisiana Tech, a uh, three point loss early, uh, a two point loss early in the year, then a three point loss late in the year as well so you flip those games their way you know that goes from a three and seven to potentially what six and four right there and you also got to take into account with just the fact that there's a team that had three head coaches scotty walden tim billings and then jay hobson and covid that and, and of course a young team you know jason brownlee a juco kid coming in frank gore jr a true freshman wasn't exactly you know the most stable situation so don't take that the last year's, you know, kind of records three and seven and think, all right, you know, they're going to be a conference USA also ran. So uh, with that being said, fellas, let's go and talk about the quarterback situation. T Webb, uh, the backup coming transfer in from, from Louisville. Uh, Steve, you know, kind of one of your thoughts on, on T Webb. And of course we'll talk about, you know, someone who appears at this point in time to kind of be the potential starter. And then Sonoy, I'll let you kind of follow up with uh, where Steve leaves off. Yeah. So, t- so one thing just to add what you were talking about last season, uh, about the, every school had, you know, difficulties they had to go through but Jack Abraham did he I don't even know if he played the half the season right so so he missed all the games too correct uh, so that wasn't right. this factor uh, in the Southern Miss um, T Webb so this is someone that we've talked about probably maybe a few episodes ago we talked some Southern Miss football the transfer from Louisville who you know you, you weren't able to see anything at Louisville because he was a backup uh, but when he was in high school he was someone who was a good three-star recruit uh, had had signs that he could be developed has tools to develop it's just find that right system and so uh, I'm going to reference the to the top to the top talk podcast they have a a that they gave us some feedback about the spring game and how T-Web looked and here's what they said they, they kind of talked about his mechanics uh, um, about being maybe a potential concern, but he, they said he has a good frame, certainly has potential. The way he throws the ball could be a little problematic if there is a threat coming around the edge. They said it's almost like a slingshot motion. Uh, they said similar to the way Doug Foodie used, used to sling it. Uh, so kind of good insight for him to the top talk. They, I think we're at the spring game, able to kind of give us the feedback. Regardless with T-Webb, though, he seems to be like the number two guy right now, uh, according to everything. Um, but – this is his first semester at Southern Miss. 
He has tools, has potential, new head coach. Uh, so the fact that he can be developed is still encouraging. I think that quarterback room isn't going to have a drop-off at all from, from the Jack Abraham days of 2018, 2019. I think they could take a step forward, which we'll get to eventually because of Will Hall, the offense he's bringing in. Yeah, and just to add to that, so I've heard a lot through uh, Sippy Sports Show, and if you don't know about Sippy Sports Show, he does a YouTube coverage of Southern Miss and kind of does what I do for UNT, but for Southern Miss, and uh, he made it out to the spring game. And his his comments, again, on, on Trey Lowe, it's just pretty apparent that he's going to be the guy. And, you know, you can't help but think, and Stephen, you know, I'm sure you have some input on this, but the game reps that he surprisingly got with Jack Abraham leaving, you know, halfway through the season can only make him better. Uh, you know, I know speaking from my, you know, Julius Pepper days myself, that my game reps helped. Uh, <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, he's coming in with probably the most in-game experience. I don't think he got that much at West Virginia. And I know T. Webb didn't get any, you know, as a true freshman at Louisville. So, or I don't believe he did. And if he, did, and if he in fact did, it probably wasn't meaningful. So I think it's just he's head and shoulders above um, everyone else in T-Web, you know, with his upside is, you know, I, the obvious second we think. But what's interesting to me is uh, Will Hall's recruit coming in, the true freshman, Ty Keys. And I don't know how much you guys know about him, but he was, yeah. he's a three-star. He's pretty highly rated. I think 24-7 composite has him at an 87 rating or something like that. Was originally committed to Tulane. Uh, but when Will, Hall, when, when Will Hall got hired at Southern Miss, he, he flipped and, you know, came with the – you know, Will Hall, because he wanted to go with his offense and all that. And, you know, he held big offers, you know, from Auburn, Nebraska, Ole Miss, I think Mississippi State. I mean, he had a, a lot of offers. So not that I think he's going to come in as a true freshman and challenge Trey Lowe, who's, I think, year four. I believe he's year four as far as college football goes. But it'll just be interesting to have someone of that talent. I think he's the highest rated Conference USA quarterback in this 21 signing class, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um I don't know if you know anybody else quarterback-wise, Eric, that's higher, more highly rated than him in this 21 class or not, but I believe he's the highest. And But, you know, but yeah, I think it's going to be Trey Lowe and, it, you know, as far as the quarterbacks go. So, But it'll be interesting. You have to see how that will fit with Will Hall's offense. I'll send it back to Steve real quick. Just, uh, you know, touch on the points that uh, Snow is making there. Yes, uh, Ty Keys is the highest rated quarterback. believe Grayson James is second FIU's recruit. And then also, yes, um, Trey Lowe is in his fourth year. He was, did a year at uh, West Virginia, two years at Southern Miss. So he'd be entering his fourth year of college football. So uh, Steve, really quick, want to get your thoughts on this, you know, just in terms of a fit in Will Hall's system. You know, Trey Lowe is someone who's definitely going to look to move the pocket, use his legs, but also certainly a, a very capable passer. Um, what type of fit do you think that is from that perspective and, and someone who you know, really had the most success out of any Southern Miss quarterback. While Jack Abraham did start play the most of the most uh, the majority of the season, excuse me, uh, in terms of the win column, Trey Lowe certainly had his success. Yeah, and, and the thing about Trey Lowe was, you know, he beat one of the best Coventry USA defenses, and correct, that was his best game by far. They put up like I know that uh, I probably mentioned this in the podcast before because I lost a lot of money being a degenerate gamble that I am. Um, I had the under, and of course the under was gone the first quarter. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But um, but Trey Lowe, and he's someone we've talked about before in the podcast. What he showed in that game 
those that tool set fits Will Hall's offensive system, I think, to a T. I think if you just go look at Michael Pratt from Tulane and you see that Pratt has a, the ability to run the ball, but it's not his first choice. Same with Trey Lowe. I think he has the ability to run the ball. He's probably a better athlete than Michael Pratt, too, and probably has a better arm, too. Uh, so he's able to push it downfield a bit more. But Michael Pratt had a lot of success in Will Hall's offense at Tulane. He's only a freshman. Trey Lowe has his whole spring to develop under that. He's, this is his first. We mentioned this last time talking about Trey Lowe. This is Trey Lowe's first full offseason uh, in football because he had baseball before, then COVID right. last year. And so he's actually finally being able to develop as opposed to just relying on pure talent and moral ability alone. So he's developing as an actual quarterback. And uh, before I throw it back to you, Eric, a quick quote from, again, to the top podcast about Trey Lowe from the spring game was this. Um, He's a clear number one right now. Looked to be a solid combination of accuracy, arm, strength, and athletic ability. Lowe was able to make some plays with his feet whenever the pocket broke down. So I think the fact that, yes, he can run, but it's not the center of his game. But Will Hall surrounds a, a dual-threat quarterback. His offense is surrounded, or it's better when it's a dual-threat quarterback. That's only going to elevate Trey Lowe's game, I feel like. And um, So I'm, I think, just like texting before, I think we're both pretty bullish on Trey Lowe. So if someone's in the stock market, I would buy on Trey Lowe right now before it's midway through the season. Absolutely. And the reason I, you know, led in terms of talking about Southern Miss and the fact that they had a few kind of near misses there, or, or you know, near wins, I should say, excuse me, not near misses, near wins uh, in terms of a few uh, close games, is the fact that this is a team that conceivably could turn things around very quickly. You know, Will Hall comes in with a very dynamic offense. The talent is there. Frank Gore Jr., arguably one of the top freshmen in CUSA. Jason Brownlee, the JUCO All-American who came in and led Conference USA in yards per catch, I believe it was 19.6. Uh, if memory serves correct off the top of my head. So Southern Miss, definitely, you know, a situation to keep an eye on. And if Trey Lowe is able to establish himself as the starter coming out of spring, that at least gives him the entire fall to really kind of hone in and uh, see where things go. And I'll get a chance to watch Trey Lowe in person when FIU heads to Southern Miss heads to Hattiesburg. So I'll get a chance to watch him in person. That should be intriguing. Uh, let's talk about the Panthers here. Uh, a situation where <laughs> if you have, you know, four quarterbacks, do you have one? <laughs> That's kind of a FIU situation there. You know, just a, a quick refresh for those who may not know, the Panthers coming off an 0-5 season. Saw multiple cancellations due to COVID and, you know, other restrictions. Sometimes, you know, it was FIU side, sometimes the other team side. But the fact of the matter is they only saw five games played. They were 121st out of 127 teams in passing offense, just a shade over 122 yards per game through the air. Uh, for a team that is not a uh, uh, running the wishbone, that's not exactly uh, fruitful coming from the, the, uh, the passing game. So quarterback situation right here. Uh, right now, you kind of have what looks to be a three-man race. We'll talk about Grayson James in a second, and we'll go to, to uh, Sonoy for that, for his background as far as Grayson James and seeing what he's done out of the state of Texas. But the guys who are in camp right now, Max Bortenschlager, Kalen Wiggins, and Hayden Carlson. Steve, you've had a chance to see Bortenschlager and Wiggins yeah. over the past two years. Just want to give, take it away. I'll let you take it with your quick thoughts on that, and then we'll come back and touch on Hayden in a second. Yeah, so I think with both of them, it was like judging them based off last year, I think is probably a bit – unfair in a way I don't know if you if you agree with that obviously they, they struggled but you know that it wasn't an advantageous position by any means that they were in um but I think I think I'm just going to call him Max because I can't pronounce the last name Eric so I'll, I'll let you keep pronouncing his last name but I, I, I think Max is what, was what you're going to be more of a 
I'm not comparing him to James Morgan by any means, but he's going to be more that style. He's that pocket passer. He, he's a true pocket passer, wants to stay in and rip it. Uh, where Wiggins, he has a good arm. He can actually spin it better than people probably realize, but he, he's more known for his athletic ability and able to get the – uh, uh, trying to get to the edge and make plays with his legs. So two different style of quarterbacks, completely two different guys um, as far as tool set. So it's interesting as far as like what's going to happen with the, with the system and what they're going to mold or, or lead one way to. So, no, I want to go ahead and come to you on Grayson James. He was very highly uh, touted. Excuse me, I shouldn't say was. He is very highly touted coming out of high school. He is not an early enrollee, so he's not with the program just yet finishing up his – high school academic career, but, you know, is the highest rated quarterback signee in the history of the program. Of course, the second highest rated is Hayden Carlson, who's in camp now, but I digress. Uh, from Grayson James' perspective, you know, what are, should FIU fans look for in terms of, uh, you know, sort of talent, especially coming from a quarterback-rich state such as Texas? Yeah, so Grayson James, he was in North Texas' backyard being that he's coming out of Duncanville, and I wish we would have gotten in the mix on that. You know, he's a very highly rated three-star QB, and he had his Dartmouth offers, his Columbia's offers. So he's obviously a smart kid, you know, sure. obviously what we're getting at there. And, you know, I think he's a, he's a tremendous, and I don't, I really mean this factually, no disrespect. I, I really don't know why he chose FIU other than maybe they're becoming somewhat of a quarterback school, you know, as, sure. as far as the G5 goes, um, you know, just because he's, you know, so well. Uh, so I think they sh- there's a lot to be excited about. However, and I think, I mean, I have a personal philosophy anyway, as far as a true freshman probably won't come in, you know, and really compete for reps. But as far as down the stretch goes, as because um, Max, so this Max, how do you say his last name? It, believe it or not, guys, it's actually not that hard. You, you don't look at it, just say it. It's Bortenschlager. Okay, it sounds like a beer to me. So it, it, of course, of course, is he is he going into his senior year? Max Bortenschlager is actually going to will be his graduate year. So he would have been a fifth year senior last year if my memory serves me correct, because okay. he, he got his significant playing time in Maryland in 2017, mm-hmm. but was with the program in 2016. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 25, 20, 21, six. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So like we're saying Schwarzenegger, uh, this is his last year and uh, probably anyway, you know, as long as there's not any, you know, super, super years granted. So I think year two that Grayson James is one of those guys to potentially come in as a redshirt freshman and really produce potentially and maybe, you know, be a guy that they can build around as far as in these next recruiting classes, you know, the 22 class and, you know, 23 and, and, you know, but I mean, I think it's a great pickup. I I really do. And I'm, and I'm openly jealous that you guys got him out of our backyard. Yeah. You know, really quick. I I think it's an interesting point you make there. uh, So no, as far as, listen, I don't think it's, you know, controversial to ask, how does a team that's 0-5 and mm-hmm. FIU, a program that doesn't necessarily have a long-standing history of college ball, really they're going into their 19th year of football as is, and then not really a history of winning. How do they get such a highly touted quarterback? I think you really got to give the credit to Bryn Renner, the former North Carolina quarterback. is known as being a very charismatic, energetic guy, one of the more talented recruiters as far as FIU staff is concerned. And, and I believe um, from, you know, the intel that I have that that was his primary recruiter. So I, I, that would obviously have played a, a huge factor. And we obviously, you know, with Grayson still being in high school, we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. So uh, hopefully I can give you a more definitive answer. But I, I, would, I would think that, you know, kind of that um, the Bryn Renner factor. If, if you get in a room with Bryn, you can't help but, uh, you know, feel the energy. You know, he was, he was coaching cornerbacks 
the past two years. And Stanley Thomas Oliver, who's now cornerback of the Carolina Panthers, uh, nicknamed him the energy man. So that, that kind of gives you, you know, the idea of, of you know, who he is. Um, Steve, really quick, want to come back to Hayden Carlson's kind of the wild card here in terms of the quarterback situation. Someone who is a highly touted prospect in his own right, son of former NFL quarterback Jeff Carlson, out of my neck of the woods, my backyard, the Tampa Bay area here. Uh, want to ask you this. You know, obviously I'm not asking you to have you know, broken down a ton of film on him because really what you would have is from high school. But want to get into two things here. One, uh, when you're talking about a redshirt freshman, right, someone who's been in the program for a year, how much of a leg up does that give him over, say, a true freshman coming in? And then B, what do you make of the quote from Butch Davis when he said, and this was at um, signing day, excuse me, when Butch Davis said, if we had played a full season, there's a fair possibility that Hayden Carlson would have started a game or two or three down the stretch. Yeah. So to, to answer your first question, just from you telling me about uh, Coach Butch, Butch Davis, he, never, he doesn't blow smoke. So that's pretty high praise, it feels like, for uh, a freshman quarterback. It probably helps that their quarterbacks are struggling last year. So um, you're looking for their options. Uh, but back to kind of the, 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 fir- the first point, I think it does give you a leg up as far as you understand how a college, not just college football program, but how college is ran, ran to begin with, your tutor schedule, uh, your 16 hours per week or whatever the hours are, is scheduled, and then you add your 20 hours a week of football on top of that, and then whatever it is, six hours in the offseason, whatever all the, all the hours are. But learning how to just kind of like balance it and juggle. I mean, we all played college football on very, very unsuccessfully. Uh, but we all know like, like that first week or something just hits you in the face. You're like, holy hell, like, how do I do all this? And so uh, maybe it's because I was immature at the time. But and Grayson James play has a better head on the shoulders than I had. But it, de- it definitely helped. You understand the system. You understand how things roll. So I think it helps big time um, initially. But then I think uh, – you know, Grayson James, a smart quarterback who's polished and has been in Texas, you know, for a while. So uh, he's going to come in and probably pick it up pretty quickly. But Hayden Carlson is a talent, though. He's a, he's a talented quarterback who shouldn't be overlooked right now. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's interesting. And I'm going to come back to Snowy really quick. I want to lean on his, his, you know, experience here. I want to throw a question his way here. I've asked you this question, but I want to toss to him. But I think it's really going to be interesting, right? You know, because we've talked a lot. We've joked off air about Texas quarterbacks, right, and how they're kind of, you know, a cut above the rest. Well, I think we're going to get a chance to find out. And I don't necessarily want to say to pit, you know, Grayson versus Hayden, but Hayden's a very physically gifted guy. Obviously, you know, great bloodlines with his dad playing in the NFL. But Florida is not a state that's known for quarterbacks. That's not necessarily, you know, a shock, right? So I think we're going to get a chance to really see can Grayson come in, hit the ground running because mm-hmm. he's been playing in a state in which it's a toss up as to whether you think the football is better. I, I'm going to be outnumbered two to one here on that, <laughs> you know, front. But in terms of the quarterback play, I, I won't sit here and try to take, away the, take anything away from Texas quarterbacks. So, no, I want to ask you this. I've asked Steve this question many times. I just want to get your quick thoughts on it. If you have, you know, I think it's one thing if you have two quarterbacks competing for a job. If you have three and four quarterbacks, you know, when Grayson gets in, mm-hmm. conceivably, do you, in your opinion, you really think you can adequately split those reps up, even if it's spring? And I just want to, I want to lead you with this. So Butch Davis, and we had a chance to talk on Monday, has said that he's giving all the quarterbacks reps with the ones, twos, and threes, and they're evenly splitting, whether it's seven on sevens, 11 on 11s, blitz pickup, whatever it may be. He's like, he's splitting it one third, each a third. How true or false that is, media's not allowed to practice, so I couldn't tell you. But just want to get your thoughts on, you know, do you really think you can, you can kind of make that work? 
So with three or with four? Well, let's let's start with three first, okay. and then you know when Grayson comes in a, a before. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think with three, I mean, obviously just it's one less. So it's maybe it's a slightly, you know, more realistic that you could work three in. But I think pretty quick as far as spring ball goes, you know, maybe as far as three practices in, you're probably already weeding down one, you know, as far as like, well, I'm going to work these two. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess I don't really know if this answers your question accurately, but I don't think they're going all spring splitting three, even like split, splitting the reps equally three ways if that makes any sense. But I do think they probably try their best, you know, as far as early on and then just kind of just, okay, you know, this guy's not going to work. Let's just move on to these two. And this guy just seems to click above. So let's focus on that one. Uh, so I, I mean, I guess it, it could be done for a few days for a short period of time, but once it gets to a certain point, then I feel like they're, they would feel that they're wasting their time because they, they know only one can really contribute essentially. And, you know, I mean, I guess not te technically, but, Theoretically, that's ideal. And, you know, we kind of lived through that uh, at UNT this past year. So right, yeah, right. you definitely want to have a guy getting the lion's share of the reps, I would feel like, pretty swiftly and, into spring football. And that's, to be honest, you know, that's part of why I asked you, because you saw the situation with UNT. And of mm -hmm. course, we're going to transition to UNT right now, but you saw the situation with Jason Bean and Austin Ani. So uh, I just, it, it's hard to believe that you can adequately, whether it's practice reps, I don't care if it's during the year, spring at some point in time you got to start prepping you know one guy to be the starter and then you got to you know kind of prep the other guys to run scout team and whatnot so that's why i want to go ahead and get your perspective on that but that gives us a perfect segue to talk mean green here so i'm gonna let you lead it off here and just kind of give us an update on what the quarterback situation is there you know steve and i have talked a lot as far as about you know jason bean really surprising us as far as just how athletic he is mm -hmm. you know i think that's one of the one things that you know I kind of disappointed to see him leave because he is not just athletic for a quarterback. He's athletic for an athlete across the board, no matter mm -hmm. what sport you play. But, you know, with Austin, Ani, and, of course, you know, Jace Reuter. So go and bring us up to speed with uh, what's going on there at UNT. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, Jason Bean is heading to Kansas now. And, you know, it's never ideal for someone, you know, the transfer portal gives and takes away, right? So it's never ideal for you to see one of your co-starting QBs, QBs of the past season leave and the quarterback that was the starter for your bowl game, you know, transfer out. But however, looking at it from the glass half full, it's like, well, we know who's getting the reps now in spring, and that's obviously Austin Ani. And so I think it, there's almost some bittersweetness there because when they were both there, none of them really separated themselves from each other for too long of a time. You know, we may have a few games where, okay, these few weeks, Jason Bean's the guy, but then Jason Bean, you know, messes up those full Ani back in. He's the guy for a few weeks and he messes up. Now that they have to go with one of those two, I feel like it makes that person better. And obviously, our quarterback as of now, as it sits today, post-spring, it's, it's Austin on. I mean, there's no one's there is challenging as far as this year. And, you know, I was able to make it to the spring game. And it wasn't a true spring game. You know, they have their ones going against the twos and vice versa as far as offense and defense. And, I don't, it's kind of hard to, you know, gauge things when you have your number one offense going against your second defense. But, you know, Ani looked, you know, he looked much improved from last year, which should be expected as his first year, you know, playing a lot of meaningful reps. And, you know, so he's, he, he looks a lot better. And we'll, we'll, we'll see, obviously, uh, when Jace Reuter comes to town, how, how that competition will shake out and, and kind of to 
ask that question back to you guys in a, in a way. How do you feel like they do that with Jay Schroeder? Do they jump him in the line to like, okay, we, we know Ani's our guy. Are we just going to have Ani and Ruder battle out now, or are we going to make Ruder climb the depth chart to number two? Does that make sense? Sure. Steve, I'll let you have at it first. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that they give him two reps right off the bat, and then at some point after the, the two reps – um, I'm sure he's getting some reps. It, it might look something like – I, I would doubt they name Austin Ryan the starting quarter – unless they already did. Did they name him the starting quarterback after the spring, after the spring game? Because if, if, if it's still open, then they have room to have like 80% reps go to Ani, throw in 10% reps or 20% reps with the ones uh, to Reuter. So I, I would imagine so, as long as it's still open, then it could be the start of fall camp is 80%, 20%, 75%, 25%, whatever it may be, and then Reuter can kind of – uh, has to take the bull by the horn or take the reps that he gets to kind of uh, transition to potentially being the guy. But I, I'm in line with you. I think Ani has potential to develop and to get better. Um, and, you know, maybe UNT will, you know, be above 500 this year or something. It's annoying. I don't know. But shoot. Um, we should be with our we, – we should be. Still, <laughs> uh, the, the thing that uh, UNT has to figure out is uh, old defense. Uh, third defensive yeah. coordinator as many years. At least they've got, you know, guys like Deion Novell and, and other guys coming back. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to keep uh, opponents off the scoreboard. I'm going to quickly touch on uh, Sonoy's point really quick. This is kind of, you know, my experience with it and covering FIU in 2018 with the James Morgan-Christian Alexander dynamic. I think you know very quickly whether you have a guy or you don't. For those who may not remember, while Morgan ended up being an NFL quarterback, is now with the Jets, you know, ended up having a great career at FIU – it was actually Christian who was there prior and had started a few games. Uh, actually going back to the time when Alex Magoo, another NFL quarterback, was there and had all of the summer, all of spring, because James Morgan didn't get there until after summer, to establish himself, right? And I feel, so to answer your question, if Asanani's established himself, then you'll know you have a guy, right? And Jay Shooter will come in. And he'll get his reps. And if something wows you, like, oh, okay, I think we got something there, then maybe, you know, you give him a rep or two and, and like, all right, maybe this, this might, you know, cost reevaluate things. But if you're solid in who you have and we'll have to see if Seth Luttrell is, then there's nothing, in my opinion, that Jace Ritter can come in and do to really shake that. I saw that with James Morgan. He started the opening game against Indiana. James went 9 of 20. I'll never forget the stat line, as long as I live. 9 of 20 for 88 yards, one touchdown, one pick had a fumble you would think right there all right we've got this guy who we've seen for you know a summer and it's been in the program a couple of years this transfer we brought in it, it ain't working we might have to go back to the other guy no you know butch davis mm -hmm. stuck to his guns knew what he had put james morgan out there and and you know the the rest is history so i think that's the best way you can answer that question you know we, in, the, in the few minutes we have remaining so i want to ask you this really quickly about uh unt What's the feeling there with Seth Luttrell? Is, is, is kind of the, has the shine worn off a little bit? You know, because I, I feel like it, it got to a quick start, but, um, you know, things have kind of faded in the last little bit. So just, you know, some quick thoughts on Seth Luttrell. I think it would be cool to get that in. Yeah, so definitely it was, it was really good, really fast. And there was a, a big scare that he was going to go to, I think, Kansas State, one of the, I think, after the 2018 year. And right. he ultimately didn't which we were all relieved we were happy and then 2019 wasn't what we expected and we all know what 2020 was for us it was very you know it was a tough year so the feelings it's still it's pretty mixed and i would say it's mixed but people are they're a fan of him he you know he's a great recruiter he, he you know he's done a lot of good things for this program obviously it's not where we want to be as fans 
and being that the recruiting classes that we've brought in, in in recent years, as far as Conference USA goes, we're, you know, one and two the last, or I'm sorry, I think we're two the last two years. And so we, we got, that has to translate to the field, you know, sooner than later. But, you know, he has brought us to a bowl game. Granted, some of them were kind of give me bowls based on like academic success or COVID or whatever. But, you know, we've been to a bowl game every, every year with him, except for the 2019, 2019 year. We haven't won any of those bowl games, granted. So, you know, I, if you if you haven't looked at our schedule yet for twenty uh, for two thousand twenty one, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, you know, we got Marshall, Liberty, Missouri, SMU. You know, we got a lot. We got, we got quite the gauntlet. Law Tech all in the beginning. It's very front heavy. So if he can go six and six with this schedule and make it to a bowl game and win, I, he, I think he's getting renewed, and we're all going to be pretty okay. That's good. Let's let's keep this momentum going. So um, it, it's mixed, but we, we want to see him succeed. I don't think anybody's really – I know there's a few, but I don't think anybody's cheering for his demise or like, let's get him out of here just because of, you know, the thing. He's bought a lot of good stuff here. But, it's again, it's got to translate. We can't, you know, we can't have losing seasons being located in North Texas with this recruiting just, you know, garden around us. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely felt it was it was uh, crucial to get that in really quick because under Seth Luttrell, the offense has really been dynamic, you know, since his arrival in Denton. But that's going to bring us to a close here with this edition of the QB Spotlight podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at QB Spotlight. You can find Steve on Twitter at Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Sonoy on Twitter at Mean Green Show. And of course, Check them out on YouTube as well, Mean Green Show. You can find this podcast on YouTube, search QB Spotlight. And Steve, really quick, outside of uh, your various podcasting platforms, but specifically uh, Apple Podcasts, where else can you find this podcast? Check out us on Draft Diamonds, NFLDraftDiamonds.com, or at Draft Diamonds on Instagram and Twitter. All right, everyone, happy football watching. The next podcast we're hoping to have uh, is going to be a little bit of a kind of a we're going to do kind of our Gruden QB camp, you know, except it's going to be Steve's QB camp. We're going to put Steve on the board. We're going to break down some film, kind of do some cool things. Definitely go ahead and check it out on YouTube. We will have the content cranking out for you throughout the time, throughout the spring and summer. So happy football watching everyone stay safe. And it uh, looks like we will be getting back to normal pretty soon. So stay safe out there, everyone.